fashion, darling. Welcome to Love of My Life podcast, where we explore discovering love in unconventional and unexpected places. From fashion to music to career to platonic love, we explore the kinds of love we perhaps weren't taught to search for as 90s babies. And how those loves have shaped us and fulfilled us in adult life. Victoria Alexian, hello. Hello, lovely Madeline Murdoch. How are you today? Yeah, I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. You're looking beautiful, as oh, always. Stop it. I can um, say the same to you. Oh, stop it, you. We got a lot best in here today, <laughs> isn't it? It sure is, always. Um, I'm very excited today. We are talking about one of my favourite topics. We are. Um, please tell me, what is the love of your life that we're discussing today? It's fashion, darling. Ooh la la, fashion. <laughs> Are you French? I'm keeping that. That's staying. So, fashion. Victoria, tell me why fashion is one of the loves of your life. Yeah, well, fashion has always been a huge love of my life. Um, It's simply the biggest way for me to self-express. And I've always found a great comfort in that. I think it's a really powerful and beautiful Thing in the way that it can make people feel extremely good about themselves um, and it can also make people see themselves in a light that perhaps they haven't before. What about you, Maddie? Why is fashion the love of your life? That was so beautifully put. I think fashion is one of the loves of my life because it's given me a medium for self-expression that I haven't always had. It's a way that I put my best foot forward and mm. I can show who I am and what I stand for before I even you know, speak to somebody. I think something that I love about it also is that it's ever evolving. You can be so expressive through what you wear. And I think I have gone through so many stages of like style and it's been changing as I grow as a person as well. So my fashion grows with me and I love that. I love that. That is such a beautiful way to put it. I think we've all had a style evolution of our own, haven't we? (laughs) I just just want to have a giggle about... A glow up. (laughs) Yeah. Good old glow up. Oh my gosh. And I think like something incredible about fashion is like it exists on the outside, right? It's something that you see. It's a representation of like how you look, but I think it directly impacts how you feel. Yes. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you and I both know we never leave the house unless we feel absolutely incredible about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And on the odd chance that we do leave the house and one of us is kind of like, hmm, not really feeling it today, we actually don't have a great day because it does reflect in our emotions and our energy for the whole day, which probably sounds funny, but it's so true. Yeah. And do you think like when we are feeling ourselves and we're feeling like really confident and we're feeling beautiful, Mm. that kind of energy that we then take out into the world becomes quite infectious. Yeah, absolutely. we get so many people saying like, you girls look beautiful, like you look really happy and you're so friendly. And I think that's not always the case Mm. because you don't just get random saying those kinds of things to you every day. No, But it's like when we're in a particular mood where we are feeling really 
beautiful and confident because we are loving what we're wearing and we're feeling like our authentic selves on that particular day, like Mm. that becomes really infectious. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess we get those compliments because we do look happy. It's not necessarily because we're wearing the best outfit in the world. It's because we are just oozing this happiness and joy and we are just infectious that people see it. But it is all in direct relationship to what we are wearing. Yeah, it's really funny, isn't it? It's interesting though, because like as women or female presenting in society, we're not taught that it's okay to feel confident or if we do feel good about ourselves, Mm. people are like, you are arrogant. Like there's there's a stigma around women feeling good about themselves, it's like, it's the patriarchy, isn't it? Them mm. telling them, you're not allowed to feel good unless we tell you you're allowed to. Or, oh, you think you look good, but I didn't tell you that, that you did. So you yeah. thinking that on your own, you must be stuck up. Yeah, I absolutely. don't know. And it's a way to keep us small. Yeah. But I think when I think of like those most powerful women out there, they're the ones that dress like dress well, for success. They oh <laughs> yes. And like not necessarily it's what you said, like not necessarily having the most amazing outfit, but it's just something that's authentically them and yes. they feel confident in and they feel powerful in. Because mm. I mean, we have to mention, of course, that dressing well and expressing through fashion is an absolute privilege because I mean, not everybody has the resources or the money to dress the way that they would perhaps like to Mm, and that's something that you know making fashion accessible is actually super important as well definitely and I think you've hit the nail on the head there with it doesn't have to be that you're dressing in the most current stuff you have to find what really works for you funnily enough we went to a bar the other night and I was wearing my all-time favorite red dress and I turned to you and I made the comment of this probably looks a bit outdated doesn't it And you kind of said, well, yeah, it doesn't look this season, but I don't care because that dress just makes me look and feel so good. Well, and you still looked so good. Yeah, absolutely. You looked looked amazing. Absolutely. And it's just that it's something that works for me, even though it isn't the most trendy, up-to-date outfit. And it is about finding what works for you and what empowers you. Everyone's different. Everyone is going Mm. to have a different style. Because when we dress in things that empower us, we feel so good, right? And when we're Mm. feeling good, we're feeling confident and confidence emits beauty. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's so, so true. Yeah, so true. I think as young women as well, finding empowerment through fashion, it gives us the ability to take back our power in that we're dressing for us and ourselves rather than for the male gaze. That's what the difference is for us. Because we're not dressing for anyone other than ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, myself, it's taken me a long um, time to get to that point in my life where Mm, I dress for myself. Yes. Um, And it's very interesting. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. But when it comes to dressing for myself, I always do it. I think living no longer in my hometown has made it a lot easier for me because I'm like, oh, well, no one knows me here. I can really go crazy. No one knows who I am. They're not going to be like, oh, my God, look at Victoria Lexington in that crazy stuff. Who does she think she is? (laughs) But it is funny because whenever I go on a date, I pull myself back. I rein it in and I'm like, oh, my God, like I don't want to (laughs) – 
don't want them to be like, she's crazy. What is she wearing? Oh my God. I and did that not is know probably, this. Yeah. 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 I remember earlier on in the year, I was seeing someone and I uploaded this photo of an outfit I was wearing when I was going out with a girlfriend. Um, and he messaged and he was like, why do you never dress like this with me? And it made me think like, why do I never dress like that with him? It's because I'm like, oh my God, it's too much. Like it's too much for them to handle. Do you think, yeah, you rein it in because do. you don't want to do. appear too intimidating and yes. you want to be more likeable? Yes, I do. Oh my God, the patriarchy. Is the that patriarchy. again, people? <laughs> um, and also I remember this happening in Adelaide. I remember going on a date and you were helping me get ready at the time and I was going to wear those pink pants. You know, my fabulous yes. pink pants. I always yes. wear them with my black top. And I was like, no, I can't wear pink pants. I can't wear pink pants on a day. He's going to be like, she's wearing pink pants. Like, what's going on? I'm the queen of pink and I reject I that notion. <laughs> oh, that's so, so funny. Yeah, so funny. That is probably the one area of my life that still has control over me and how I dress, which is so silly. And you know what, Maddie? The next date I go on, I'm wearing something crazy. Oh, yeah, you I'm better. not reining it in. I'm going to hold you to that. Um, guys, next episode, I'm going to go on a date before then. I'm going to make it happen. And I will update you all on what I've won. It'll be something crazy. So, Vic, should we take a little trip down memory lane? Because, of course, your background is in fashion. So I want to know what your experience was in fashion school. Yeah. This might be a bit of a long journey, this one, guys. I can't wait. Stay put. We're here for it. So let's start in Melbourne. Yes. I've just got to Melbourne I'm going to fashion school, which can I just say, I never thought I'd get into fashion school. Like just the fact that I was there. Wow. This is amazing. And I remember being like, okay, well, I got in. I probably won't get a job, but I got in. So <laughs> I'm just going to love this moment, really enjoy it. And I did. Um, what was so, your experience like though? Because I know there's a, a lot of exclusivity around fashion is. and yeah. especially high fashion, which was a large portion of your degree. Unfortunately, uh, and I know all fashion unis are the same in Australia, when you do your bodies of work, they always must be made to a size eight. You're kidding. Yeah. You were telling me the other day that the average size for the Australian woman is between a 12 and a 14, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, your uni makes sure that the models are all between six and an eight. Six and an eight. And when you are actually booking models, very interesting, all of the models that are a size six and eight are girls. And when I say girls, I mean they're 16, 18, 19, whatever. Right. But they're not women. We're not dressing women. And I think that is such a crucial thing that the fashion industry needs to tackle. That's so damaging though, isn't it? It because is. Because representation matters. And I, I mean, yes, at 18, 19, of course you're a woman, but your body hasn't fully developed. You don't have the shape there. We all know mm. after your 20s, 30s, things start to change. And that is real people. That yeah. is what we should be learning. Another really unfortunate thing, when you're dressing a size eight woman, it's very easy There's not much to consider. The patterns are very, very easy. When you're dressing anyone above a 12, really, there's a lot of other things to take into consideration. And it's a huge thing to learn that just isn't tackled 
in fashion school at all. And that's ridiculous. Like that's a whole degree and this whole area of the industry that you just completely do not learn about. Mm. Um, So that was something that really bothered me and really interested me that I wanted to learn. So talk to me about your current position in comparison to your experience at uni. Yeah, I would love to. I absolutely adore my current position. I am currently in bridal and I've got to say it is probably the most rewarding area of fashion to be in. Um, You can imagine it's a very emotive part of the industry. The client base for bridal, for wedding dresses, is literally everyone. Like when you think about the people that get married, it's no one specific category of woman. It's all women, all ages, all body types. Um, So we really are catering to everyone. Uh, I'm also working in a part of the industry now that is custom. So not all of it is custom. We kind of have one brand that is totally custom and another that is like semi-custom. But it's a way that we can really offer literally everything and anything to everyone. That's amazing. I think what I love most about this position at the moment is when you're working at fashion brands usually, because most of the time they're such big companies, your job is so specific, like you're either a pattern maker or a garment technician, a technical drawer, a designer, a trend forecaster. There are so many little things that you can do. But usually in big brands, you are specifically that one thing and you don't focus on any other area of fashion. When you work in bridal, particularly in a boutique like I do, I get to do everything. So a huge part of my job at the moment is being on the floor and actually in the change room with these women, which I mean, I have learned so much from. Being in change rooms with women teaches you so much about fashion and design and about what real women actually want. And it's so important because when you are in a big organisation and you're designing and you're sitting behind a desk and you are so far removed from the client base, you actually don't really know what they want or what their needs are. Um, So that's something I'm really enjoying. And I also get to experience the whole process. I get to pattern make, I get to sew, I get to design, I get to have one-on-one consultations. And it's so important to normalise all bodies particularly after my uni experience and having that realisation that we don't learn to cater to all bodies, we're just learning a size eight. It's so important to me to now cater to all bodies and normalise all bodies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, definitely. The size range that we offer in my store, I really love because it comes as split sizing, which means you have different sizings for your bust, your waist and your hip because it is so like unheard of for somebody to have a straight through size 10 body, size 12 body, whatever it is, it's very normal that people are different sizes all through their body. And it's nice to be able to cater to people and be like, no, it's okay. Like it's a very normal thing. It's not unusual. Yeah. And show them what looks good on their body type because representation matters. And I feel like, I mean, we both benefit from thin slash skinny privilege. So everywhere that we've looked, we have been able to see people dressing in films and whatnot for a body type that looks exactly like ours. So we know what looks good on our body shape. Whereas I feel like there are so many people out there that actually haven't seen how to dress their own shape. And that 
you know, best accentuates their features and makes them feel empowered and confident and beautiful. And that's what you get to do. I know, absolutely. And you know, what you were saying there is so true. Even when you're online shopping, everyone's a size eight on the website, aren't mm. they? Oh, yeah. um, it's nice now there are a handful of brands who are tackling that and they're mm. having a diverse range of models on their website. But most commonly, it is always a size eight, 10 girl. We have a lot of our clients come in and they show us photos of the dresses they want to try on. And I always like to say to people, everything looks different on everyone. And it's so true because even if they're exactly the same proportions to the model that it's been shot on, it is actually going to look so different on them. Yeah. Um, and it is important, I think, to prepare people for that because you're so right. People come in and they're in the headspace that, well, it looks fantastic on her. I'll just stick my head on that <laughs> image and bang, it's going to look great. I know. And then when they try it on and it doesn't look how they expect it to, they feel terrible. Yeah. And it really takes a hit to your confidence. Yeah, and absolutely. That's what we don't want. Absolutely. And it is insane how often it happens that somebody will come into the store and they'll say, I've come in for this particular dress and it's my dress. Like, I just know I'm going to love it. And I always say, okay, let's explore some other options as well, though, even just for fun, just so that you have the whole bridal experience. But also I do that so that they're not disappointed if they don't actually love it. Yeah. Because most of the time, the dress that people end up with is not the dress that they anticipate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Most of the time, it's the complete opposite from it. The amount of people that come in, they're like, I hate lace. I hate strapless. I would never do a princess skirt. And what do you know? They buy a princess skirt <laughs> that's all in lace and it's strapless. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I think what I love about your job is that from the st based on the stories that you tell me, like these women come in and they have an idea and they don't know what works for them. And then you give them the tools to actually help them feel confident and yeah. beautiful, yeah. which perhaps for some of these women, they've never actually felt in their life. You're so right. And, and as I was saying, it's so emotive. Like yeah. you're really building connections with people, but yeah, you're also making them feel and see themselves in this light that they never had before. And they're so grateful. They're so appreciative. And you're actually really making good change in their life. Yeah. And I mean, unfortunately in the fashion industry, there is this stigma of well, are you really doing anything? Like, what is the point of fashion? A lot of people see it as such a throwaway, excessive... Materialistic. Yeah, materialistic. But there is actually a huge importance in fashion in lifting people up. And it wasn't until this position that I really realised how important that is. And we're not taught when we're younger to, like, branch out and express ourselves through what we wear like I grew up in a very small town and I felt so stifled because God forbid you wear something different to everyone else. Mm -hmm. Like before we went out, like back in my days of being 19 year old that would go <laughs> out every weekend, you would cross check with your friends. Like, yes. what are you wearing? And God forbid my best friend wear jeans and a cute top and <laughs> I wear a dress. Like, oh my God, how mortifying, how embarrassing. I'm so overdressed. Yeah, like, how funny. Yeah. There also, was... a huge throwback to the era of jeans and a cute top. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Uh, but yeah, there was such a fear of being different, yeah. of being unique, you know, like I didn't want to stand out. Mm. 
Because, I mean, in a small town, there's a huge level of tall poppy syndrome where if you do stand out, you'll get cut down. Yeah. Like, (laughs) it's scary. Yeah, you're so right. And I think still to this day... A lot of my friends as well, when they go out, it's still the same thing. It's Mm. still, what are you wearing? I don't want to look out of place. Um, It's a very common thing, especially in girl gangs. It's hard to kind of find your feet and stand out on your own. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'll admit, even when, like, because when we're together, Mm. say if you and I were going out with a big group of friends, as long as we are both on the same level, I'm like, it's fine. But if I was on that level on my own, I would definitely be feeling a little Mm. insecure. Yeah, well, I guess it's a little intimidating, isn't it? Yeah, there's strength in numbers, for sure, for sure. But I would love to, a goal of mine is to absolutely have that confidence, that level of security and self-esteem, I suppose, Mm. to just hold my own. Yeah, absolutely. And I also do think it's the sort of thing where you do it once and then you've broken the spell and you've got the confidence to do it again and again. Yep, absolutely. Maybe that's a little challenge for us this week. Maybe. Well, I have a question for you. Yes. Have you always been a little fashion icon? I have always been a little bit of a fashionista. (laughs) I was very privileged growing up in the fact that I had parents that always gave me the resources to really express myself. I have an absolute darling of a mother um, who I adore and I have probably got a lot of my taste from my mum. Growing up, she always let me wear some beautiful things. She always really supported that. So, yeah, I was very, very lucky in that fact that from a very young age, I got to really express myself how I wanted to. Wow, really got to experiment. Yeah, absolutely. And it was really always supported. What about you, Maddie? What was your life growing up like? Mine was was very different, very Mm. different because I grew up um, with two older brothers and so I didn't have like the sister you'd buy clothes with or anything Mm. like that. So I grew up in a very kind of like masculine energy family, like football orientated. So fashion was just not on our radar whatsoever. (laughs) But I grew up receiving hand-me-downs from a family friend So it was always one of those things where I didn't get to experiment with my own look or my own identity or get to see like what I like, how I'd like to express myself because I just received, you know, somebody else's look. Yeah. I was, which was fine. Like I never felt like I went without whatsoever, but it Mm. wasn't until I was an adult and started buying my own clothes that that journey began for me. Yeah. That you got to figure out what your style was. Yeah. What you wanted to say to the world. What makes me feel good, what made me feel empowered and yeah, so it was really interesting. We had very different upbringings. Yeah, and isn't it funny regard. because we've both grown up with two brothers but probably taken different paths in the fact I think my mum was like, oh, my God, two boys, I can't wait for a girl. I can't yeah. wait just to do all of the girly things. And that's probably why I was so fortunate yeah. in that fact. Um, but it could have easily gone the other way, like what you experienced where – so much boy energy. Yeah. Well, and my mum was the same. She was yeah. dying for a little girl. But I think my mum, very similar to me, is mm. like a total tomboy. Yeah. So, you know, it just wasn't one of those things. And yeah, I don't know. We just, yeah. we didn't, like, to be honest, though, if I had gone a little bit extra, it's like a, what I was saying before, if I would gone crazy in a small town like that, people would have looked at me sideways. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
been like, what is this little girl wearing? It's crazy. Oh, how funny. It's so funny to me that you call yourself a tomboy. Interesting, isn't yes. it? It's so funny. Someone said this to me the other day. They said, I know. I think because I was wearing uh, like leggings and a hat because I was like, oh, you know, I have really feminine energy. And they were like, what? I was like, yeah. yeah. And they're like, no, you've got short hair and le- you're wearing leggings and sporty gear. And I was like, no, but I live in heels and skirts and, and coffee also, sleeve shirts. I just laugh because I'm like, has this person ever seen you outside of that one day like you wear pink every day I wear every my day room <laughs> is all pink it's all pink oh, I'm the queen sick. of pink it's too much <laughs> no I love it I love pink and it's so oh. funny because I grew up with a deep deep hatred for the mm. color pink I hated it I detested it and I just rejected it because pink was feminine pink yeah. was girly I'm not like other girls heck no yeah. I'm a cool girl. How funny. I remember I like thinking purple. exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, purple was my favourite colour too yeah. for that reason because I'm like, well, it's cooler than pink, isn't it? Yeah. It's still like feminine, but it's not pink. Like, I'm not that girly. Ugh. Ugh. Girls, am I right? Ugh. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. I uh, love being a woman. Yeah. The best thing. Cheeky nod to a few episodes ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So tell me, Vic, what has not been the love of your life this week? Oh, my God. So is strap in because you will all relate. (laughs) This is very on topic for this week as well. Uh, Not the love of my life this week was making the same sewing mistake, not once, not twice, but three times in a row um, and unpicking that for half of the night. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the love of your life. Uh, No, it's absolutely awful. My goodness. What about you, Maddie? I've had this customer at work that keeps coming in and will be like, oh, hi, Sarah. Hi, Jono. Hi, Cam. Hey, new guy. Oh, I just want to slap his stupid face. Condescending. I just want to slap his stupid face. And I've really held a grudge because whenever he comes in, I don't smile. I don't say hello. I'm so petty about it, but I'm like, I'm giving you nothing. I hate you. Yeah. Well, you're a human being. That guy. Not the love of my life. Well, my love, I think it's time for us to go have a glass of wine. Oh, I'd love a cheeky wine. And we will see you all next week for another episode of Love of My Life. Love you, Mads. Love you. Bye. Bye. This episode of Love of My Life was made possible by So Perth and Liberty.